It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. This is the Plan with Dan podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Dan Betzel. He is the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area and beyond with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find Dan online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Savvy Financial Grandparenting, our headline for today's podcast. And we're actually going to make this a series, probably a two-parter. So uh, we will get to a couple of the items on today's podcast, then we'll have another one, a part two, that'll come out later on. You know, a common question that we end up getting, Dan, and it's not you know, how can I get the highest return on this investment? It's not even really related to investing at all, which I think is kind of cool. Ends up coming from retirees or even sometimes pre-retirees wanting to know how they can help pass their financial wisdom onto the next generation. What are some ways maybe that I can, you know, be a financially savvy grandparent or help my grandchildren turn into financially savvy adults? So we've got six or seven tips that we want to pass along to help you kind of convert your grandchildren into financially savvy adults. And so we've got six or seven tips that we want to pass your direction. But before we dive into the tips, Dan, is this a question that you get a lot as well? People trying to kind of figure out how they can, you know, help their grandkids become more financially responsible and, and pass along that wisdom? You know, I, I'm really excited about the podcast today. And yes, it's it's actually a question I'm asked quite frequently. And um, sometimes it surprises me, but a, maybe a parent or a grandparent will call me very sheepishly and ask, hey, would I be willing to meet with their child or their grandchild who recently graduated from college and has their first job? And and I actually really love those calls and those meetings. I mean, it is so exciting to be able to talk to somebody who's just beginning, you know, the down the road of, of financial planning and investing. And I just think millennials are um, are just really, really fun to talk to. Yeah, so I, I'm excited about it, and I get asked that question a lot. Very cool. Well, over the years, we've kind of been able to compile this list of you know different things that you can try, and we're both going to share some of our own stories as well. We'll kind of cover a lot of ground here on lots of different ways you can be a financially savvy grandparent to raise financially savvy adults in the future. Let's start it off with talking about the Roth IRA. Tip number one, don't underestimate the power of that Roth IRA. Why, Dan? You know, that is, it's so true, Walter. Uh, you know, especially people in their 60s and their 70s, you know, when they started their, you know, investment career, their, you know, financial planning pathway, the Roth was not even available. And the power of the Roth is that it allows the account to grow tax-free. And when you pull the money out, it's never taxed. And that is just an amazing, amazing tool that if at all possible, I mean, everyone should seriously consider opening it up and fully funding a Roth IRA as, as soon as they can. Now, that's the opposite of a traditional IRA, of course, where you would get the tax deduction now, but then later the entire amount, both the principal you know, and the, the amount of growth would be 100% taxable. You know, and the way the tax code works today, who knows how it's going to be in the future, that could impact the taxation of your Social Security. And so my own daughter, you know, who's a teacher, she had the chance to either get a traditional 401k or a Roth 401k. And I, I recommend it, and, and thankfully she did. She decided to go the Roth route. So she's not getting the tax 
deduction now, but when she gets close to retirement, she starts pulling that money out, I think she'll be very happy that her dad gave her the advice to go ahead and, and open up that Roth. I know I have a, a story here, and, and I, I'm probably uh, I'm going to make the assumption that a lot of grandparents have maybe done this, but you know, my grandmother opened a Roth IRA for me and, and put an initial deposit in there. And that was a gift one year. She did that as a gift. Uh, that was actually a, a graduation gift. And ever since then, I've been putting money into the Roth IRA. And it's probably the kind of thing where if she hadn't have done it for me, I probably as a, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know, wouldn't have gone about the route of opening up a Roth IRA and, and going down that, you know, line of thinking. But she said, rather than you know just give you some money for your graduation present, here's a Roth IRA, and then taught me how to start contributing money in it and explain the power of it. And now it's you know that's the the largest retirement account that I have, and we continue to put money into it every single year. And you know it's a huge benefit. And what an asset that is to now have you know years down the line, and what an asset it'll be when I get to retirement. And that I mean that's a great example of financial savvy grandparenting of. You know, rather than just here's a graduation gift that you might forget about at some point, this is something that'll have a lasting legacy for many, many years into the future. Absolutely, a very, very smart uh, grandma, and you have a you're a lucky Walter. Lucky she'll, grandson. she'll appear a few more times in this podcast. She's, Good. she's oh, pretty good. financially savvy. Um, good for her. Wow. Good for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's another great tip for you. This will be tip number two. So to recap, number one, don't underestimate the power of the Roth IRA. Number two, Dan, understand how to help with college savings. What do we mean by that? Yeah, you know, a lot of people immediately think of 529 plans. Sure. And I, you know, I have to admit, I've never been a big fan of 529 plans. Uh, the first time I ever heard about them, I was actually still practicing tax law. I was down at the Heckerling uh, Tax Institute, the University of Miami in Florida, and uh, there was a workshop on 529 plans, you know, and I remember running out of the meeting and calling at that time my financial advisor back in Ohio and said, hey, David, uh, I really want a 529 plan. He said, ah, wait till you come home and we'll talk about it. And so, and I have to admit, I have very much the same philosophy about them that he did. So a 529 plan, I, I don't think is always the best way to save for your children's college. Uh, matter of fact, you know, uh, my wife and I, we never had a 529 plan, although we did, you know, one of our goals was to pay for our children's college. But we just kept the uh, account in my name or in our name. And like, wh why is that better? Well, first of all, I think the 529 plans often have uh, very limited investment choices. And if you want to get the tax deduction that you always hear about, you have to use the plan that is approved by the state that you live in and the tax advantages that are not that great usually. And they're also very, very expensive. So when I think about the inflexibility of the plans, the fact that there's limited investment choices, uh, that you don't have a whole lot to choose from, and the fact that any money in the 529 plan can be is seen as an asset of the grandchild and can actually in the long run, in some cases, you know, undermine their ability for financial aid. I think it's just much better uh, if you save for your grandchildren's or children's college funds in, in just an account that's in your name that gives you the full flexibility and the lower fees and and access, you know, to a wide range of investment possibilities. It's kind of like uh, when you're we're going to replace our carpet upstairs in our home in a couple of weeks, and you kind of want to get multiple estimates. We're also replacing our water heater. And mm. the first quote that came through, you know, was seemed somewhat reasonable, although a little pricey. And then the second quote was like 
two and a half times as expensive. And then the third quote was in line with the first quote. So it was kind of like, wow, well, what if I had just called the second company and that was the only estimate I'd gotten? Boy, I'd be in big trouble. And so now I'm applying that same lesson to to getting quotes on the carpet. Same thing with some of these financial topics. I think college savings is a good one. You said first people kind of just think, okay, 529 plants, that's the route to take when really further research is worth doing. Further guidance might be needed because there might be better ways to truly help plan for college savings. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I've done the, I've done the same thing. We just had a porch screened in at our the condo that we're living in, and I had the exact same experience. Two appraisals that came back, you know, about the same, and one was about double. And wow. I had the same same exact same exact interesting. That you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. get multiple opinions on things, and it's a good yeah. apply that to college savings. Think about Absolutely. the multiple ways you can accomplish that goal. All right, financial savvy grandparenting tip number three, find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation for saving and investing. I'm sure you've seen from your own clients some some good stories about how they've helped their kids and grandkids, you know, develop that appreciation for money. Yeah, I've actually, I'm thinking of two different clients and what they've done, and I thought they both were really creative and and, and very helpful. Uh, so I remember speaking to, to one couple, and they had a rule that whatever their grandchildren were to receive from them, they, the grandchild had to agree to divide it into three pots. So 70%, so for example, if they gave them $100 for something, $70 of that, 70% of it, they could spend on whatever they wanted. 20% they had to save long-term. And then 10%, they had to give it away to some organization or or some charity that was meaningful to them. And of course, you know, a lot of kids really like animals. And they were telling me the story that their, their one grandson really liked bears and he was fascinated with bears and he liked to watch movies about bears. And, and so he, he was able to find uh, somewhere out west, you know, some not-for-profit organization that was, you know, helping helping bears that were, you know, in a very, very uh, bad situation in a certain environment, I think, in Wyoming. Hmm. So I, I thought, what a great lesson to teach your grandchildren that, you know, you get $100, you 70% of it you can use now. 20% of it you need to save long term and 10% you need to find some group or organization that you really believe in that you want to support. I thought that was a really great lesson to teach. Yeah, no kidding. I think that's great. Almost like teaching sort of a tithing principle, but then also uh, the pay yourself then, you know, and then and then finally you can pay somebody else to, you know, buy whatever you want or, you know, do what you want with the rest of the money. But the great example of how you can teach a little bit of an appreciation for money and those things stick. Dan, those things stay oh, stay in the yeah. mind. I mean, and, and they'll have a lasting impact, no doubt about it. That's very cool. All right, let's do one more before we break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back next week with part two of Financially Savvy Grandparenting. So step three was uh, find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation for saving and investing. Tip number four would be understand that it's a different world today from the one that you grew up in. And how does that shape how we can help raise financially savvy adults from our grandkids now? Yeah, you know, in some ways, you know, you could argue that life is so much easier now than it was, you know, say when when you and I were growing up or when or even when my grandparents were growing up. But on the other on the other hand, I think it's a lot more challenging, a lot more difficult. There are so many more demands placed, you know, on on young people. I, one example, like my parents were immigrants. They didn't have a lot of money. They weren't not able to help me go through college, but I was able to work in the summer and work during school and almost earn 
enough to put myself through college. I mean, I, it was just amazing. Right. So I had a job at a factory in the summer. And then during the year I, you know, I had a couple jobs. I worked at a restaurant and I also worked on campus. And, you know, if I put all that together and I just was kind of prudent, I was able to almost pay for everything, you know, room, board, books, the whole bit. That just isn't possible anymore. I mean, college costs have skyrocketed. Even if you're going to go to a community college, you know, you're still looking at ninety to a hundred dollars, you know, a credit hour. So it's much, much more difficult than it used to be. And so, you know, what I've seen some grandparents do, and to me, it's like it's just fantastic. You know, so they try to incentivize their grandchildren, you know, to work. So if the grandchild works in the summer and earns three, four, five thousand dollars, whatever they can earn in the summer, the grandparents match it. I think, you know, what what a great lesson, you know, not only are you helping them and supporting them and letting them know that, you know, that you're on their side and, and you're rooting for them, but uh, you're also encouraging them to work. And as they work, you know, you, you're matching it. If they work during the year, the grandparents match it. And um, I just think that that's, a, you know, just another really great way that you can help, you know, impact and empower and encourage, you know, your grandchildren that are, are trying to, you know, navigate, which, you know, I think we all will admit is a very difficult world. Um, another example I can think of, like when I was in school, you know, if you wanted to learn, you know, to play a sport, or you wanted to learn to, you know, to play an instrument, you know, you joined the team or you joined the band and you learned. But it's not that way anymore. You know, now if you want to play tennis, you have to already be really good before you can even get on the team. And so, you know, I've I, I've seen grandparents that have you know stepped in and to help give their grandchild, you know, those lessons on the side that they need to help them reach a goal. And I, I just think those are really positive lessons. You know, so when they when they are able to articulate a goal and and they really want something, they're willing to work hard for it. But you know, they need some help, some financial help to to realize that goal. And those are just you know two examples. I think. Of ways that grandparents can recognize that the world's more complicated, it's more difficult, you know, and to support, you know, these these great and I think very lofty and noble goals that their grandchildren have. I would also say keep in mind exactly sort of what the purpose of the schooling is for, right? Because as an example, when I went to college, it was for, you know, media and broadcasting and, and journalism. And so experience was just as an important of a teacher as the actual in-classroom work. Absolutely. So, you know, so it was okay for me to kind of have this anticipation of, well, I'm going to go out and work a lot. Not to say I don't need to study in the classroom, but I learned just as much as I did from all of my work experience and jobs, and that helped me pay for the college experience. But if you've got a kid that's going to go and you know study medicine or some of these really intensive courses of study, do you want them, you know, working at the pizza place or, you know, delivering pizzas or working at a restaurant as a waiter? Do you want them spending their time doing those tasks when really their job should be to, you know, fully dive into those studies and really excel Mm -hmm. at some of those more important you know, more important duties or, or tasks, or at least that's why that's why they're truly there. So you can you want to teach the work ethic, but at the same time, you don't want to rob the the benefits of the education and the extra time that they could spend on those things too. That's so. a great point, Walter. Absolutely, there's probably a balance there, as with everything in life, right? So some good tips for financially savvy grandparenting. Again, this concludes part one of our podcast. Quick recap: Don't underestimate the power of the Roth IRA. Understand how to help with college savings. There are additional options out there other than just 529 plans. Find creative ways to help kids have an appreciation of saving and investing. And understand that it's a different world today 
from the one that we grew up in, especially when we consider college costs and those kinds of things. So coming up in the next podcast, we'll have part two of our Financially Savvy Grandparenting series. Lots of other topics to dive into as well. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and find it each week posted on Betzel Wealth Advisors. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com is also the place where you can go to order Dan's Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Great resources with a CD and, and booklets and more information about retirement planning, investing, and planning for your financial future. Uh, you can get that Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Order it for free at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com or just look in the description of today's podcast episode and you'll see the link embedded into the description. So you can do that on BetzelWealthAdvisors.com or anywhere where you're accessing this podcast from your smartphone or computer. And you can also call Dan at any time, 614-472-4510 is the number, 614-472-4510. Come back and join us for part two of Financial Savvy Grandparenting next time on the Plan With Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.